Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and today I am continuing the quarter post review. Yesterday I did this with the offense, and today I'm going to flip sides and take a look at the defense. Hooray, hooray. The Detroit Lions have officially climbed to 8th in PFF's power rankings. I mean, not that Brad Holmes gives even half a dump about that, but it's nice that someone who has to talk a lot about the team to have more accurate and interesting things to discuss, but... That's not really why we're here today. Let's talk about the defense. Prior to the year, literally everyone saw the Lions as a team with a powerful offense. Well, a few haters out there were still questioning how much Jared Goff would limit that offense. But the big question was whether the defense was going to be able to provide semi-competence. Shows like The Athletic Football Show were saying things like, if the Lions defense can just get to the mid-20s with that offense, they've got a good chance to take the division. And that's not exactly hate, but it's a bit of shade being thrown there by some folks who do actually watch all 32 teams play football and have a pretty good perspective on where teams tend to be within the league. So, have the Lions defense managed to be semi-competent this year? I kind of spoiled this a little bit yesterday when I said that the defense was fifth in DVOA in the league. In case you skipped yesterday, you naughty, naughty viewer you, DVOA compares the progress an offense gets on a given down and distance weighted based on the opponent that they're facing. It's kind of like the success rate that I always talk about, but also factoring in the quality of the competition that you're facing. And the Lions' defense is fifth in how much of that they're giving up. So total, they're fifth on offense, fifth on defense which has them ranked third overall in the NFL because most teams aren't anywhere near that balanced or that good this season so far. So for our assessment, let's start where the Lions do. Let's start with run defense. And I'm going to start with Brian Branch. Yes, everything he does in the passing game is cool, and I'm going to talk about that too. But in run defense, he hasn't missed a single tackle this year. And he has the highest run defense grade from PFF on the Detroit Lions team. And the average depth on his eight tackles and one assist is two yards. Which is just a a ludicrous, incredible number. Uh, For Basically, for reference, Jack Campbell's depth of tackle is 4.8. Alex Anzalone's is 3.3. Derek Barnes is the only linebacker with more run stops or better average depth of tackle in the run game than our defensive rookie of the year candidate, Brian Branch. Branch has also been responsible for killing the run play on 15.9% of the running plays he's been on the field for. It's the extremely high impact that Branch has had in the run game that kind of sets him apart from the other defensive back candidates for the defensive rookie of the year award. At the quarter point in the season, I I don't really think it's even a question who should win that award if things continue the way that they've gone. Though it does look like Devin Witherspoon is hell-bent on making that a real competition over there in Seattle. Uh, Barnes, back to him, is the only Lion with more than 10 run defense snaps that's been the man making the stop more often than Branch. He's done it on 17% of his snaps, 
and he also hasn't missed a tackle in the run game. He leads the team with 10 tackles, run tackles that is, and 5 assists. He also has led the team in stops, and stops are kind of the equivalent on defense of that success rate. If you feel me, uh, the basically how in in the same way that an offensive player has to gain those yards, this measures how often a defensive player stops the offensive player from gaining those yards. You know, like tackling a guy after eight yards on a third and twelve is better than tackling a guy after eight yards on a third and two. As an example, uh, PFF just changed the number on first down from. Pro Football Reference is 40 to a 45 so that they could claim that they invented this idea. But anyway, uh, according to PFF, eight Lions players are defending the run well enough to get a 70 or higher run defense grade. And the problem right now for the Lions is that three of those guys are now on the injury list. And they they were only there for one or two of those games. Uh, like Derek Barnes has done all of his stuff despite only being on the field for 70% of the team's run defense snaps. And no, I don't think we should be complaining about his usage, because the only guy that's been out there more is Alex Anzalone, who also has a great run defense grade, and the third guy is Jack Campbell that everyone is always screaming they would like to see him playing more. So you can't really complain that Barnes isn't out there all the time without taking snaps away from one of those two guys, which I think we can all agree the Lions shouldn't do. Alim McNeil has led the charge from the defensive line all year. Uh, with the other interior guys seeming to really only have the job of setting him up to knock plays down. And while on a play-to-play basis, Alim has been one of the Lions' most impactful defenders, he's been pretty inconsistent, like he does lead the team in missed tackles on run plays with four of them. The interior defensive line as a whole have kind of been, like I said, just setting everyone else up, not making many plays themselves, and PFF hates that. Uh, somehow, a defensive line full of guys getting grades under 60 has been the most effective team in the NFL at stopping the run. I don't know how that works. <laughs> They've allowed the fewest rushing yards, second fewest yards per carry, with their team apparently playing very poorly against the run. This right here, that eyebrow, that is the eyebrow of skepticism. Let's move on to the pass rush. Can we take a moment to just recognize how great Aiden Hutchinson has been this year? Like, regardless of who was drafted where by who, like, this is just a guy the Lions have that is an incredible player. On his 170 pass rush snaps this season, Hutch has 27 pressures. And that's a pace for 115 pressures on the season. Now, last year, only one player in the entire NFL got over 100, and that was Micah Parsons. Nick Bosa and Chris Jones hit the 90 mark, Hassan Reddick, Max Crosby, and Zadarius Smith were in the 80s, and that's the entire list of players who got within 35 pressures of Aiden Hutchinson's current pace. List of players within 5 pressures of Aiden Hutchinson, who shares the lead in the NFL with the first two guys on this list right now, is Micah Parsons, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, and Aaron Donald. Every one of those guys would be on a list of players likely to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. So while his three and a half sacks are 10th in the league, we know that Hutch sees more double teams than any of the league's other top pass rushers because the Lions don't have a dynamic player across from him. The 
rest of the Lions' edges rank in the category of just okay, particularly with James Houston out with his injury. The Lions don't have another go-to pass rusher on the team. And Houston's one trick, but it's a great trick, was being kind of wasted by the Lions while he was healthy. They were only rushing him on 61% of the passing plays he was on the field for, and the rest of the time he was in coverage. Brian Branch only has six fewer pass rush snaps on the season than Houston did while he was playing. But Branch isn't a pass rusher, and this is a front seven-only conversation. Which takes me to my next topic of Jack Campbell. The other 39% of James Houston snaps were in coverage. And Jack Campbell, after a game or two of experimenting with players like Charles Harris dropping into coverage, has kind of slid into Houston's role, particularly in the last two games, which have been decisive victories for the Lions, where the defense gave up a total of 26 points and had 12 sacks. Campbell has lined up as an edge on 45 of the 66 snaps he played in those two games. And everyone who grades these sorts of things hates it, but it's working. <laughs> and it's not too hard to pick which of those two things actually matters in this case. As I've said previously, Campbell's role when he's lined up as an edge is not primarily as a pass rusher. They've changed the role to fit his skill set. He is a 4-3 under Sam linebacker, not a 3-4 pass rushing linebacker that's basically an edge. Like We only have two weeks of data for Campbell in this role because he's never really done it for a day in his life prior to two games ago. But right now, it looks like he's the best option they have for the spot, and they've changed the way they do it to kind of fit what he does. Like, Alex Anzalone can't do this. He's too small. Derek Barnes could do this, but he is currently their best off-ball linebacker, and it's not close, so they're not going to move him. So Campbell's in this role, and they've changed it to fit what he does. He's dropping into coverage on two-thirds of the snaps, whereas Houston was rushing the passer on two-thirds of the snaps. Seems like a good time to transition into pass coverage. <laughs> As a team... The Lions are on pace for 55 pass breakups, 12 interceptions, and 68 forced incompletions. Sadly, they are also on pace for 17 dropped interceptions. Jerry Jacobs is the most targeted player on the team, which isn't really a revelation to anyone who's watched these games. Uh, but Jerry's actually been alright statistically except for a couple things. Like the receptions on his targets that he's giving up are not bad ones. They're the ones that the defense is designed to allow. Like Jerry's opponent's yards per reception is 9.8, which is a ridiculously small number. And the average depth on the targets towards Jerry is 11.3 yards. Like he's given up a couple downfield passes, but for the most part, he's given up passes short of the sticks and made the tackle with less than a yard after the catch. And that's his job in this defense. Like Cam Sutton's been targeted 12 fewer times than Jerry. And on that 63% increase in volume of targets toward him, Jerry's only given up an extra 48 yards. So that's a 32% increase in yards given up on 63% more work. You can't really ask more than that of a guy. Like if I told you Jerry Jacobs has given up a lower completion percentage than rookie superstar Brian Branch, would you be surprised to hear that? Because it is true. Like I'm not telling you Jerry Jacobs is a world beater. What I'm telling you is that last year he was the Lions' best player in the secondary. And this year, he's not. What I'm telling you is that last year, everyone loved Jerry because the other corners were Jeff Okuda giving up 203 more yards on five more targets, Will Harris giving up 94 more yards on two fewer targets, Amani Orowarie giving up 96 more yards on eight fewer targets, and Mike Hughes giving up 104 more yards on eight fewer targets. 
Jerry is actually giving up three fewer yards per reception this year than he did last year. The average depth of target against him is also down by about three yards in the same defense. And when you're looking at stats, just remember, PFF has Jerry Jacobs credited with having given up three touchdowns, but one of them was in the Chiefs game. The first TD they threw, or that they gave up, was C.J. Gardner-Johnson letting a guy go uncovered behind Brian Branch while Jerry Jacobs followed his guy across the field, and after the play, Branch was tapping his chest, basically saying, yes, that was my mistake, sorry guys. So by the actual design of the defense, that one's pretty obviously not on Jerry, but the guys at PFF apparently think that they know better than the players who were executing the call and gave that one to Jerry Jacobs. That's why I kind of hesitate on any of the judgment call stats to really give a whole lot of weight uh, to some of these companies have to say because it's that they've decided that their opinion matters more than the actual play call on the field as interpreted by the players. Like, it would be a better play design if Jerry took that guy. But if that's not the design, he's not going to do that. And the other one that they gave up can't be on Jerry because it was to Camp Sutton's side. And the guy was equal distance between Alex Anzalone and Brian Branch standing on the goal line. So again, skeptical eyebrow. Uh, but I've digressed a little bit too much in this case. My point is only that the reason you're mad at Jerry when you loved him last year is that the players around him are no longer awful. <laughs> so he's the same guy playing the same way to the same level, actually even slightly better. And you're mad because everybody else got better. Like even with that BS touchdown, Jerry's still giving up only an 87.6 passer rating when targeted. The success rate on plays going to Jerry Jacobs' area is less than 50%. On 31 plays, there have been 11 incompletions, and Jerry has five stops. So effectively, he has allowed a 48% success rate, which is actually pretty good. The only regular starter who can boast a higher percentage than that is Brian Branch, of course. Now, the one thing that does kind of undermine everything I just said about Jerry is that he has given up five penalties, and each of those is a first down handed to the other team. He really does need to clean those up. The Lions have had 31 total flags thrown, and five of those are on Jerry in coverage, giving the other team a first down. You can't have your quarterback, too, be 16% of your team's penalties, because those are drive-extending gifts, and eventually a team is going to make you pay for those. Now, this isn't the Jerry Jacobs booster episode. He does need to clean his stuff up, but my point is that there are a lot of cornerback twos on the outside that are worse than what the Lions are getting from Jerry Jacobs right now. Secondary overall is down some guys. We all hoped we'd get more than two games out of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but he wasn't supposed to be playing safety when they signed him anyway, so Tracy Walker coming in to fill in for him is just kind of what was intended, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson was supposed to be doing for us what Brian Branch has come in as a rookie and done instead. Kirby Joseph being out is significantly more problematic because the Lions don't have another guy like him. They've had Ifiatu Melifonwu in there, and he's a very different player with a very different skill set, and they've had to do some very different things. I need to stop using that word quite that much. He was the youngest ending superstar last year before Branch stepped in, and now he's out too. James Houston, team's meteoric pass rusher, is on IR. His backup, Julian Okwara, just came back off IR, so they may be able to sprinkle him in and 
get everybody who's screaming about Campbell to shut up a little bit. In the third round pick, Broderick Martin hasn't dressed for a single game yet. But none of that really matters because it's been working. The Lions have given up only 54 rushing yards before contact on the entire season while the league average is 140. The Lions are 8th in yards allowed per attempt, 6th in the league in the percentage of passes against them that reach the sticks for a first down. Basically, most of the stats that aren't turnover-based, the Lions are in the top half of the league. So at the quarter point of the season, they've definitely gone well beyond what we hoped for. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions! You've had enough of that shit.